Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Joining us on the podcast today is brand stylist, web designer, artist, and visual storyteller, Emma Troy. From her farm in Southeast Queensland, Australia, Emma helps creative businesses build brands, websites, and visuals that illustrate their story and illuminate their value. And this year I had the absolute pleasure of working with Emma on a brand refresh for my business and a new website home, which you'll find at Emily. Osmond.com. I was so impressed with Emma's organization, her processes, communication, and of course, ridiculous design skills. I've had so many people tell me that my website is so me and my energy and personality jump off the page at them. So I couldn't ask for more. In this episode, Emma and I discuss her journey from design generalist to now offering VIP packages and just recently the launch of her online template shop. We also chat about mindset challenges when it comes to pricing, creating meaningful client experiences, even if it means that a few of those things can't be automated, and why boundaries really are best for her, but also for her clients. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that if you are a little bit embarrassed by your current website and you know it's time to step it up a notch, Emma has a special treat for you. She's giving you $100 off her beautiful design templates for the website platform Show It, which is what my new website is built on. And in fact, a little insider's tip here is that my website is based on Emma's template called Penelope. I saw it, I loved it, and then Emma customized it for me. So to check out Emma's design shop, go to emmatroy.com.au forward slash Emily and enter VIP Emily at checkout for $100 off. Let's get into today's show. Well, Em, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because it's always kind of sad when you finish working with a client, you know, you don't get to continue hanging out. So this is fun that we can catch up again. I know. It's so true. I was like, oh, this is really sad to finish the big project, but uh, I'm, you know, rustling up a few other things for us. So <laughs> so tell us where you're, where you're joining me from today, because you live in a pretty beautiful area. I do. I live on a farm just east of Gympie, so southeast Queensland. And I'm on a beautiful 25 acres. I live here with my husband, and we've got like a full menagerie of animals, which is lovely. So, yeah, and it's I a love, great, great love spot. seeing them through your stories. On yes, so I, I do share dogs, a lot of yeah, the dogs and the horses. So, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see them pop up from time to time. <laughs> So, Em, tell us about what your business looks like now and then a little bit of the journey as to getting there as well. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, I'm a visual storyteller and I help creatives and creators build 
brands and launch their websites uh, that really kind of illustrate their story and I guess illuminate their value. So it wasn't always like that. I started out doing all the things, obviously offering everything. Yeah, we can Um, all relate. Yeah, (laughs) because obviously when you start your business, you know, you want to be making an income. So you, you know, want to offer everything to to get the the jobs and get the clients. And I think as well, it's like, we don't really know what we want to really focus on either. So it's just natural. It's a good thing to go. I I say it's like almost just tasting different things. You're like, Oh, hang on. That was good. I enjoyed that. Let's actually focus in a bit more on that one. Definitely. I think you have to, um, before you can really niche down, I guess, try out a few different areas to see what you love and what you're passionate about and maybe even where your skill set lies, what you're better at. So yeah, I have been running my business for almost 10 years, which is crazy, but it's been, it's been a long journey to now, but it's been great. And it's kind of evolved and changed over time. I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. You know, as a child, I was super creative. I was always painting and drawing and making. And I grew up in a tiny country town. So I kind of had that quintessential bush upbringing and being late 80s, early 90s, you know, there wasn't many devices and my time was spent reading a lot. So I think that's where I really developed my love of storytelling and also kind of growing up in that tiny country town. People are just generally great storytellers as well. Yes. Um, you know, my dad can tell an awesome yarn, you know, I can sit and listen to him for hours uh, and my family were early settlers of where I grew up so I found like a real interest in I guess genealogy and that history of things and just that just fostered my love of storytelling even more so I think that combined with always being super creative I was just always going to be headed down that path of you know going into a creative career. So what give us the overview of what you offer in your business now? So now you know, I went from doing all the things, including logos and wedding stationery, to now I've over the years, like I've cut a lot of things out and I really refined my offerings and, you know, cut out wedding stationery and started to niche down. And I started by just niching down with my target market. Like I kind of narrowed down to female entrepreneurs doing branding and website, plus a lot of other broad range graphic design and illustration and then more specifically kind of dived into creatives and creators because being a creative myself I found that I resonated with them a lot more and then the last two years has seen me kind of narrow down even further mainly because I went from doing websites on a couple of different platforms to choosing one which is show it and I solely work with that show up platform. So that kind of narrows your, your market down even further. And this year I introduced a DIY kind of arm of my business. So I've got customizable templates, website templates that people can use if they're a daring DIYer. Uh, so I've got that kind of section of my business. And then of course my one-on-one client work. And now I would say it's more focused it's more strategic and it's definitely more of a VIP experience, I'd mm-hmm. say. 
Well, that actually is a great segue into that experience. Uh, Obviously, we worked together and it was amazing. And I've said to people when I received, and I can't remember what it was called, but maybe it was like the onboarding kind of document, the welcome document. And I've said to people, it was so great to actually have you lay out some boundaries in there in terms of like, these are your contact hours. This is how long I can expect for turnaround. This is what you expect of me as the client and all these types of things. So could you talk us through, you know, I I assume you haven't had those in place all along. What lessons did you perhaps learn to bring you to creating those boundaries? And then also let's talk about that, uh, that VIP experience that you've created too, because I think they kind of are very related. Yeah, definitely. So Uh, when I onboarded you, Em, like I sent you my kind of welcome email, which had a welcome pack uh, and it kind of communicated things like expectations, uh, what I expected from you and what you can expect from me in terms of delivery and, you know, when I required feedback as well as when and how you can reach me, things like checklists, you know, to keep you accountable as well as me accountable. Uh, and that kind of evolved. Obviously, I, yeah, I didn't always start with something like that. And one of the biggest reasons why I introduced a welcome pack was mainly because back in the day, like early years of business, <laughs> I was just getting so many phone calls and text messages. So the first thing I did was to take my phone number off my website and off my email signature. Why did you do that, Em? Did you not enjoy phone calls? I've never really enjoyed phone calls, no, but the the main thing was because I was being disturbed all day and being a creative, you kind of have to get into a flow, you know, you need your music going and your phone on silent and no notifications and that constant interruption because sometimes it can take me a good half an hour to really set myself up and, you know, start that creative process. It's not as easy as just opening Illustrator or Photoshop or opening up, you know, show it and and start creating. You've kind of got to get into a bit of a flow. For me, that's how that works personally. Um, I guess every creative is different. Yeah, the, the phone calls and having to switch your brain from creative to, I guess, the more business and, and answering constant questions Uh, it started to get a little bit too much Uh, and I just found that my days were getting longer and and I was like at the end of the day it's not the client's fault it's it's mine because I think that uh, as the business owner you've really got to educate your clients and you need to tell them how you operate so why not put it in black and white and I created a, a welcome pack and also I wanted the welcome pack to illustrate to clients working with me that, hey, I'm, I'm here for the ride. Like it's a really, it's a collaboration and that I care about your business just as much as you. And actually that was what I said to you, wasn't it? In I was like, Em, it's been so good to work with you because I've actually, it really feels like you care about my business just as much as me. So that was really cool. I wanted to say with the, with the phone call thing, I was the same after a few couple of years in business. I was like, right, I'm getting rid of my phone number, <laughs> removing it from my website. It's not something that I want to make available, same as you, because then you you have that interruption. And also like, it's not the client's fault because like you said, we've, we've kind of given them the access, but it's not really serving either of us. Uh, and I, it was funny. We had a, 
had a discussion in my um in my group, the Modern Marketing Collective. I think it was this week, and someone put a post in there saying, you know, it, do you think it's okay if I take my phone number off my website? And so everyone was kind of tuning in, and people had said, yep, I went ahead and did it, and it's just so freeing, like you said, because you're you then actually have a bit more control over your day too, and don't have those distractions. So I think so, and it can become a lot if you're starting to manage an inbox and then you know your inbox on your phone so text message and then you've got Instagram DMs and then you've got Facebook Messenger it's it's a little bit much so if you can send you know people to that one spot and it was even even just inquiries I guess that were coming in via the phone so not just clients so I yeah took the phone number off and they fill out a contact form or they can email me and I've got an auto responder so People get that instant recognition, hey, I've received your email, uh, but it's going to take me this long to get back to you. In the meantime, you can do this or check out this or go here uh, and they can find some some answers, some instant answers that way. And it also like let me breathe a sigh of relief by introducing that auto email responder because I just didn't feel like I had to be in my inbox getting back to people straight away. Because, of course, like I'm naturally a people pleaser and I just want to make sure that everyone's happy and, you know, if they think that their email hasn't been delivered, often that's when they'll pick up the phone or send a message, you know, uh, and it just it just creates a whole other thing for you to get back to, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get it. Was there anything else that you did around the boundaries that was quite big for you? I popped in my email signature the as well as the welcome pack, like the days and times that I'm available, which helps just so that, you know, I'm normally out of the office on a Friday. So just to let people know if you, if you know you don't hear from me, that's, that's why. But I think that was probably the biggest thing was the welcome pack because it just outlines everything from the get-go. And it's really hard to, it was obviously hard to, I guess, re-educate existing clients. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, it just took time and consistency and I just knew that it wasn't going to happen overnight. So it was just a slow process. Okay, let's talk about that uh, customer experience, that client experience as well. How did you create that? Was that something that you intentionally mapped out? What did that look like for you? I guess it's evolved over time, but I didn't really sit down and map it out but I think my biggest thing was that being a virtual design studio so to speak I just wanted every interaction you know created with intention and to make the client feel special because like I'm in Queensland and you're in Melbourne we can't yeah. go and have a coffee there's I only know. so much we will we will <laughs> yeah. there's only so much that you can do over zoom and I just I just wanted to go to great lengths to, I guess, ensure that clients knew that it was a collaboration and we were like a team and that their, like I said, their business is just important to me as it is to them. And I've kind of got this overarching theme of adventure in my brand. So I I use that to make working with me feel fun and more interesting. And it's not, so it's not just via a computer and via email. So I'm always, I guess, mindful of making them and their business. So you, when I was working with you, you're the hero and not me. Uh, it's it's about you, not just me. So that's 
always been super important. And it's like I said, it's evolved over time and I've streamlined more things like having a welcome pack and I've automated things to a point, but I'm definitely not. I don't have everything 100% automated because I think for that VIP experience, it's got to be customized and tailored to each client. So I'll use things like skeleton scripts to deliver, you know, onboarding emails or to deliver work. But yeah, I definitely still tailor it towards the client so I can build that relationship because I think building the relationship ultimately builds trust. And it just means that the outcome for both parties is going to be a lot better. So what are some of the things that you do uh, with that client experience? Because I know I received a few lovely things in the mail. <laughs> Talk us through yeah, some of those key things that, you, that you, you find work really, really well. So I love to get to know people and I try and discover maybe something that they love outside of business. And so, and I loved giving gifts. So I'm a big gift giver. I just love it. So I'll send something out, you know, once we kind of, hit the ground running and, you know, everyone agrees that we're starting to work together just so that the client knows that I'm excited about working with them. Uh, And it's just a really kind of fun way to start a project and makes them feel special as well as I like to also send a a bit of a, a launch gift, you know, after we've worked together as a celebration because, again, I can't go and have a cocktail with you. You know, we can't, you know, jump yeah. up and down together when, because I get so excited when people finally, especially with websites, like it's a big mm, thing, like to finally hit is. that publish button that's gone live and then they share it with their audience. And I, over my end, I'm here jumping up and down, <laughs> yeah. just you know, on your own, yeah. sweating a little bit too, because it is, <laughs> it is nerve wracking, but just excited. Like I'll pop some music on and I'm like, it's, I want, the client to feel that even though that you know they're in another state or they could even be overseas so even to with clients that I work with overseas I'll still send send a gift and it's just nice I think it kind of continues that friendship I like to say I like you know I become friends with my my clients and um, I think those little touch points are really important um, even down to how I deliver concepts uh, and things like that you know I call it an adventure so that the whole time through they feel like we're on this adventure together so it might be it's rather than stage one and stage two it's like the adventure and it could be the adventure is the branding concepts or you know your homepage build Uh, I find that I used to deliver work obviously via email but with these long-winded emails that felt like a novel to write and probably a novel to read for the poor (laughs) client. So I introduced virtual tours. So I will record my screen. This was so good. So good. And I felt like it worked really well with us as well. Um, So I will deliver concepts for a logo or, you know, the homepage or a page of a website. And I get to walk them through as though they're sitting right next to me. I love this so much. Yeah. yeah and, it, and I get to show my excitement and kind of also showcase how it all works from a user's point of view. So I can explain a little bit more by giving that virtual tour. And then I invite clients to provide feedback they're welcome to email it through, but they can record a video as well. Yeah. And I did a bit of both. I loved, um, 
receiving your virtual tours. So basically like you jump on the video, you share your screen and you walk me through what you've done. And this was um, a lot with the website when we're working on that. And yeah, it helped because I could, you talked me through kind of the thought process behind it, showed me things that I might've missed on my own. And it really created, yeah, that beautiful relationship too, because I could hear your voice and you were talking me through it. And then I would often, sometimes I'd do the email feedback or other times I'd record a video myself. And it was funny, Coden's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh no, I'm just creating this for M. <laughs> and so it was almost like we were having a chat back and forth with these videos. It was really good. Yeah. And I guess that's what I try to create because there's a lot of designers use probably more project management software, something like Dubsado, things like that. But because I'm not an agency, uh, it's just me, uh, just a little old me, I work with less clients, but over a longer period of time. So it's okay for me, like not everything has to be 100% automated. Uh, And I just find that adding another software tool when clients are are pretty busy anyway, um, I just, so far I've found that it's just easier just to stick to email and emailing virtual tours and kind of going back and forth that way. I'm not saying that my way is the perfect way and, and, you know, everything, there's definitely creases that need to be ironed out, but I think you've got to stick to what works for you and sometimes simplifying rather than overcomplicating really works. I want to ask you about, uh, we've spoken about the VIP experience that you create, I'm sure those listening, some of them might be thinking, that sounds really, really amazing. I want to offer that. And then they might be wondering about how do I price that? Is anyone going to buy that? What did that that look like for you to, I guess, develop how to price that so it worked? And did you did you have any resistance to that? Was that challenging for you? Definitely, because pricing has always been hard for me and it's money mindset is definitely still something that I'm working on because I honestly feel bad for taking people's money. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was me too. That was I massive think, have for I, me. Have yeah. I just taken their grocery money for the week? Like it's just, and it's trying to move past that and, and seeing money as an exchange of energy, I guess, more than like I've just stolen their cash because I used to feel the same way. And I used to like, especially, you know, you're working with small business owners. And I remember I was doing a website back in the day and um, social media and that type of thing for a, like this beautiful family business. And I was like, hang on, have I just taken their holiday money for the year? Because I think in Absolutely. holidays. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. from the other end now, like partly I was then able to say, no, hang on a minute. I've just delivered them this amazing thing that's going to help them go on more holidays. But now from like the other end, when I now look at investing, like for instance, if I look at working with you, it's like, okay, if I spend this money, this much money, do I think I'm going to make that back in my business from investing in this? And then it's like, yeah. And then it's just, it's not really an emotional thing. And it's funny, I booked a, like a session with a coach the other day, $2,000 for two hours. And I was like, but you know what? What I get out of that session I believe that I'll be able to sell one of my memberships, which is $2,000. So it's, of course, that's, you know, that can be a really good investment. Absolutely. And it's kind of flipping the script and like flipping that narrative to that you're not taking something away from them. You're actually giving them so much value. 
it also comes down to realizing like your own value and your own worth and remembering that you've spent a lot of time studying what you do, a lot of time refining what you do and getting better and and at the end of the day that they can try and go and do it themselves but that's going to take a lot of their own time and potentially money too if they want to take like a short course in trying to do their own website and things like that and I have to say one of the biggest things that's really helped this year would be introducing the DIY templates because I now know that if somebody can't afford to work with me and I had a very bad habit of discounting because I felt bad and it's not because they were coming back with me saying I can't afford that. I was just like, oh, well, if I throw in a bit extra and if I bundle this and I'll give this. But it, it honestly, it meant more time for me at the computer, which of course then means more time away from my husband, less time that I can spend on the farm and, you know, that's not helping anybody. So, but by kind of having that DIY arm, I'm still able to help everyone. It's just in a down, going down a different avenue. So cool, Em. So, so cool, having em. the option because I, and like I said, I don't have an agency. It's just me. There's only so many websites and brands that I can design in a year. And this way I can help people a lot, like way more people. So more websites are getting launched because of having the templates. So I think it gives people choice, but definitely pricing has always been hard. And I think it evolves over time. And uh, also one big thing was to stop charging an hourly rate, I think, because, you know, you're not not just charging for the hour of work that you've done. There's, There's so much more to it, you know, it's built into prices, your experience and obviously that that VIP experience as well. So for me to really give that VIP experience, I have to take on less projects and work with less people at once. So obviously that's going to to increase prices, but it's it's definitely it's a hard balance and I'm not the the expert in it. <laughs> but we're always working on it. And you know what about the hourly rate as well? It's kind of irrelevant in a way because it's like, well, hang on, what if I just look at what is the value of what I'm offering to this client and what feels good to you and what makes sense and what will actually keep your business running with a bit of profit on top and figuring out the price from there too. I like looking at more as a package price. Yeah, absolutely. And because, you know, if you base it on hours, there's only obviously so many hours in a day and in a week. Uh, potentially you could end up capping yourself with how many projects that you can take on based on those hours. So I think by removing that, it's probably going to open the doors for you to be able to scale uh, more easily as well. Okay. Talking of scaling, let's talk a bit more about those templates. Who did you design them for? And I want to hear as well, like, what do those templates help people achieve? Because I know that we've spoken and, and you've said, you know, you actually ran an awesome masterclass with my students. And I was telling you before, they just, they're going back, they're watching it again. It's all about websites that convert. What are some of those key things that you see business owners often don't have on their website, or maybe it's too hidden on there? What are they? And then what are these templates that you created? What can they then help people achieve with their website? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea of the templates was that people could launch their dream website at a fraction of the cost of, you know, working with somebody one-on-one. So, and I wanted to be more than, create more than just a general template. I wanted something that 
had a bit of strategy behind it, was built for conversion as well as looked good because websites, while they should be pretty, they they really need to have the beauty, yes, but they also need to have the brain, so there needs to be a bit of strategy behind them. So creating something that kind of uh, kickstarts people on their website journey and they can input their content and get something live, especially if they're just starting out, uh, to start making sales and like converting customers and then maybe down the track they can invest in a custom website because here's a truth for you websites are never finished so don't ever feel like (laughs) you have to have the perfect website from the get-go because they're always going to evolve especially if you start to niche down even further you know you have to revise all your messaging it's so funny. I've like started a little list. I said to you, I'm like, you know, have a couple of tweaks here and there, but it's good. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be doing that myself in a way. Now I'm like, awesome. I've got someone that can actually, you know, do this. And is the expert. It's going to make my website look amazing with over time. It's always going to be tweaked. Yeah. Like you said, websites are never finished, They're never finished <laughs> but they so... get to a stage that it's like, this is amazing to launch right now. Get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, and as your offerings change and, you know, people start to switch services or move into digital products, they're going to evolve even more. So so definitely don't stop procrastinating, everyone, and <laughs> get rid of that coming soon page. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think one of the biggest, well, a few of the biggest mistakes that I see people making on their website is poor usability is one. So, you know, you don't want to frustrate your visitors with, a poor navigation so if it's a little bit messy it's not easy to find as well as something that's really slow to load because we're all impatient we're all busy people and people are just going to jump straight off if their website isn't loading then I think that another thing would be missing call to action so this is big and we spoke about this before we started recording but I was really surprised that I think the stat is about 70% of small businesses are missing some kind of call to action on their homepage. So when I talk about a call to action, it's it's basically asking your visitor or your website user to take action. So you're not asking them to take action. So whether it be to, to download a freebie or to buy a product or to join a free masterclass or to contact you, you know, schedule a call. It's as simple as like popping a button on your website to ask them to do this. So mm-hmm. you you ultimately, if you're wanting to your website to convert, so to turn browsers into buyers, you do have to ask them to take action. Yeah. And this is what I say with, with marketing and social media and emails give people the next step. Yeah. Otherwise they just, they're lingering. Like I look at a website as, you know, I call it an online home. So imagine if you invited somebody into your house and you kind of just stood in the hallway <laughs> and they're <laughs> awkwardly awkward. shifting from, you know, foot to foot and thinking, is this person going to offer a cup of tea? You know, they're not talking to me. Do I just, am I going to just duck out the back when they're not looking because (laughs) this is just a little bit awkward. So you do, you have to ask them and of course, politely. So, you know, you can word your buttons in a way rather than just by now, you know, like get the latest whatever, or if they're going to a free masterclass, you know, teach me this or teach me that and having, you know, a few on each page throughout your Uh, entire website 
And then that probably goes into the next mistake that people make, which is they neglect that user journey. So your website should be, and each website page should be this constant loop kind of moving a user through constantly. Uh, and I find that a lot of people, they their websites will have pages that are just dead ends. And if a user lands on that, they'll be like, okay, and then just close the browser. So it's keeping people moving, letting them know, hey, here's the next place to go. Go check this out. Yeah, keep that constant loop. And, and because you want to take visitors, I guess, on a bit of a compelling journey, I like to say. Uh, and along the way, you need to show them that you understand them and you need to keep them curious and keep them clicking. So that all comes down to things like your, your content and your copy uh, and having those calls to action. Uh, and I think another thing that I see people doing wrong, probably having either dull or overwhelming aesthetics. So boring can be bad, but so can be over-decorating. So you know, often you want to keep it simple to a point uh, and only have the content and the, the, the information that's required you know, you can take away a lot of that that fluff, but you obviously don't want your, your website to be super boring. Um, and then I think probably another one would be copy. I think I know a lot of people struggle with copy and I'm not a copywriter, but I've worked with a lot of copywriters. And I think if people just start by looking at their headlines, if they create some powerful headlines, that helps with that storytelling. And like I said before, we're pretty time poor and website visitors, especially on the first visit, tend to scroll. So you want to capture their attention with um, some powerful headlines. So good. Now I have to tell you as well, I think I told you this when I when we launched my website, I had so many people say, Emily, it's just so you, it's just so you. And then I um, was away the other weekend and met a couple of people for the first time and they were like, oh my gosh, now I've met you. Yep, your website is just so you. So thank you, Em, for um Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's what it should feel like. Your website should feel like your online home and it's where you invite visitors in and to sit and have a chat and uh, you want your website to be welcoming to those visitors and feel like that they can stay on there for a while and learn more about you and also feel like it's a place for them as well so you definitely need to well you know a portion of it is to be about you um, a big portion should be about them as well well said well em i have loved chatting with you it's been um such an adventure working with you as well and i know we're not finished so i'm very very excited and thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me i've loved i've loved hearing about those vip experiences the pricing and those key website tips Thanks for having me, Em. Where can everyone go to find you, by the way? So you can find me my online home, emmatroy.com.au, or over on Instagram, uh, Emma Troy Design. And go do that, everyone, because you'll get some really good farm farm videos and pics as well. Yeah, and I also love a good gift. So any of my tips that I share <laughs> for website, like there'll be some uh, some awesome gifts, some funny gifts. So if you love a good gift, then definitely follow along. <laughs> <laughs> so good, thanks, Em. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved hearing from the beautiful Emma Troy and all things boundaries, pricing, and VIP client experiences. If you're looking to update your website and create a beautiful new online home, make the most of the $100 off Emma's design shop. Just go to emmatroy.com.au forward slash Emily and enter VIP Emily at checkout. 